0: Let us pray. Lord and Savior, when our hearts condemn us, we pray that our hearts might seek that forgiveness and peace that is to be found in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sometimes we just have to sit back and again tell ourselves this wonderful story that is in front of us, these disciples, gathered together behind closed doors for fear of the Jews. For fear of the Jews, temporal, physical, wondering whether or not they would be punished, maybe whether or not they would be put to death. And then suddenly in their midst, there stood Jesus alive. And the first words that were spoken to those disciples Peace, peace, that heaven and earth had now come to be at peace with one another and so profoundly, so meaningfully that all sins had now been atoned for. All guilt had been expiated, nice word, put away that now it was possible for heaven to be open to all who would embrace our Lord and Savior by faith. And of course, then comes doubting Thomas. I won't believe unless I take my hands and I put them into the nail marks and take my hand and put it into his side. And yet Jesus appears and says, go ahead, you come and do that. And Thomas makes the great confession that scares away all those Jehovah's Witnesses my Lord and my God." Oh, how blessed it is when we do not need to touch in order to be able to have that wondrous forgiveness and that wondrous peace. Forgiveness and peace seem to go together, don't they? Those two are to be found together in all times and places real true peace if we're going to speak of that we know that sometimes we feel an enormous amount of guilt and when that guilt is present we don't feel an inward peace we know that if we have done something wrong against somebody else and they're angry with us outwardly we don't have any peace so it is this forgiveness, whether from another or within ourselves to believe it, that this becomes the means through which peace comes. And the disciples no doubt felt an enormous amount of anxiety and a lack of peace because of what had happened in their life. They had run from Jesus. They had been the ones who were cowardly. They were the ones who seemed to have abandoned him in his hour of need. Sin, we say is a breaking of God's commandments. Every time we break a commandment, we create something that is the opposite of peace. It is some kind of warfare. It is an offense against another. And this makes for contention not only with people, but also especially in those first three commandments. It makes for contention with God. And from the fall of Adam and Eve onward, all of humanity was at war with God. God's justice, demanding, condemning, bringing to humanity a verdict of condemnation that would lead into eternal death. And thus thus these words of Jesus, peace, meant that that verdict, that condemnation, that fate that would eventually lead into hell and torment was now removed. So what Jesus wants to make two things very clear. That heaven and earth are now at peace and that all divine judgment and the curse of the law and the condemnation for sin has now been removed. And he wants us to understand that what we have now received from him, this peace, this forgiveness that he has earned for us and sets our hearts at peace, It's also something that he wants us to become instruments of that peace to the world in which we live, to forgive the sins of those who are repentant and sorry for their sins. And he asks the church to also retain the sins of those who are not, not because he wants them to be condemned, but rather so that their hearts might be opened to truly experience the peace that he has won for them. Today I ask each and every one of us, this simple question. Do you know that you are forgiven, and do you have peace because of it? I think that there are, at least in my estimation, five reasons that I've kind of listed for why it is that I think that people will not feel like maybe their sins are forgiven. Maybe they do not even believe that there is such a thing as a peace to be had. The first of those seems to be, well, I guess this idea that we look at the world around ourselves and we say, how could God be at peace with us when everything that we experience in our life seems to be at war? It could be with nature, hurricanes and floods and disasters, climate change. And then it could also, of course, be wars and contention and possibility of nuclear war and whatever else not. And we say to ourselves, how could God be at peace with us when those things are happening? Yeah. Another reason might be that some believe that what it is that they did could never be forgiven. When we sin against people, we burn bridges, don't we? Things happen that make us wonder that if God knew this, how ashamed he would be of us and we could never even confess it before him, but much less confess it before those who are around us, our family, our friends, our neighbors, We cover our shame. And we think that God would never ever begin to forgive us for those things that we have done. And of course, we believe that the best way for us to be able to deal with those sins is to Suffer. And if we haven't suffered enough for them, we certainly have more suffering that is yet to come. There are those who lose their peace because they simply have no remorse or contrition. They're not sorry for what they have done. It's one of those things where, you know, of course, we know that sorrow and sadness for what we have done against God certainly precedes forgiveness and the wonderful joy that comes along with it. But so often there is this apathy about even looking to see what it is that we have. to know. No mirror with which we might look and see what kind of a life we have or the attitudes or dispositions of our heart or even like cancer, the corruption of our natures. We think that sin is human, that it's normal, that it's understandable and therefore We would miss and lose the peace that would come from God as a result of it. Some can't quite get to the bottom of their trials and their tribulations because they can't figure out what it is that they did versus what it is that somebody else did to them. They can't figure out why it is that they seem to be a victim of the sins of others, but they don't necessarily see their own. Martin Luther knew and understood this, though. It's not necessarily such a hard thing to understand. We just simply live in a world where we cannot comprehend fully all that we have done. We simply are confessing sometimes the lostness of our natures. But when things get so muddled and mixed, we have a hard time being able to feel peace because even if God forgave us, what about all this other stuff? And have I done more? And then there are some, I think, who simply believe that whoever would speak those words of forgiveness do not and cannot quite qualify themselves to be people who would forgive us. Wouldn't it have to be somebody who would look more like an angel, who would stand there resplendent in having never sinned themselves, somebody whose life was such a paragon of virtue, Only then could that person forgive us our sins, not these weak and failing people like our parents or like our uncles or aunts or our pastors. Yeah, they can't forgive us our sins. How in the world could we ever find peace if we cannot find a voice of authority that could speak to our hearts and tell us that we were forgiven? Wherever such doubts as these appear, there also peace vanishes, both outwardly and also inwardly. But this text that speaks to us about Christ and his resurrection speaks directly to these questions of whether or not we can have forgiveness and we can have peace in our lives. To begin with, The world, indeed, is a place where there is a lot of contention and a lot of warfare and a lot of struggles and a lot of trials. But it was for the disciples, too. They were fearing the Jews. And suddenly, within a matter of just a few days, they're standing before them with courage and conviction because of what? Because they knew that there was nothing in all of creation that could prevent them from inheriting a gift of eternal life that lay certainly for them beyond that door of death. That if Christ was raised, my goodness sakes, everything that he said, everything that he promised, the forgiveness that he was giving, if he was indeed the Son of God, was in fact theirs. And those disciples could stand before the world in the midst of a world that was full of chaos and anger and bitterness through things that were going to happen in nature and things that were going to happen in governments. And they could live their lives in peace because they're still, no matter what they knew or believed, all of creation was still yet in the hands of their living God. We have to answer yes, They could find peace. We can find peace because those who believe in Jesus as the Christ certainly are able to find this peace in the midst of all their beatings and brokenness, even as God's people have had to endure this throughout all of the centuries. This was a far greater peace that the disciples had, therefore, wasn't it, That God now in that Christ rising from the dead in the flesh. Why is that so important? In the flesh because the law demanded the suffering and death of flesh. You can't have an angel suffering and dying for the sins of the world. It has to be a human being. And if it's a human being, it has to be a human being who can go beyond the measure of just being one person for only one person can die for one person. He had to be also the divine second person of the Trinity. And as the second person of the Trinity in the human flesh, he satisfied all the demands of the law. So now God has, full in Christ, forgiven and pardoned the sins of all humanity. humanity question is are you a part of humanity and the answer can only bring you peace yeah how can we see the suffering that he endured and ask ourselves can he really forgive me for those sins How about those sins that you think that God can't forgive? And yet, when we look at that cross, and we see Jesus even looking at the very people who had betrayed him and sent him to the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How can we look at that cross and wonder about ourselves when we see that Jesus points to a malefactor, a thief, Who probably was a murderer who could turn to him just a few moments before either of them died and say remember me when you come into your kingdom and he can say today you'll be with me in paradise if the mercy of God could be that great then the sins of all mankind of every sin no matter how great it might be has been forgiven already in the suffering and death of Christ. And yes, yes, we can believe and trust that we are forgiven. I guess when you say to those who can't feel the need, who feel as though they're just human like everybody else, We need to heed the words of Martin Luther when he says, if you don't feel it, just stick your hand inside of your shirt and feel your flesh and then read the Scriptures and see what it is that the Scriptures are going to tell you what's going to become of it. We don't stop to contemplate the fact that our bodies, our our very being is under this sentence of death. And sometimes we need to be able to examine ourselves and to see how deep is this corruption of our own nature so hard to do. When we went to that wonderful place called Norway, there are these beautiful fjords, these beautiful mountains. But they said, as high as those mountains are, so also is the depth of the fjord itself. And the awe of the fjord is not merely in what you see, but the awe is in the depth of what lies underneath that surface. It's also how it is that we come to experience incredible peace when we can see the depth of our own sinful nature and corruption in comparison to this infinite mercy and kindness and forgiveness that comes from God. And then, there, we find such incredible peace. Of course, for those who cannot separate their sins from this malaise of everybody's sin, we do what exactly Martin Luther said we should do when we can't separate. We just take everything in our life and we throw it all into a great big pile and we ask God to forgive it all. We don't worry about what is and what is not sin of trying to be able to separate straw, from manure. We simply take all of it and we throw it into a pile and we ask God to forgive it all because He has forgiven it all. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, John writes. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And wherever those words are to be found, there also therefore is peace. And yes, he did give his authority on earth to forgive sins. To who? To people, to men who were fallible. People, men like Peter, who simply could not have the courage to be able to stand up to those people who were crucifying him, who ran away. People like Peter, who had to be rebuked by the Apostle Paul because of his fear, his inability to stand up to others. Yeah human beings with weaknesses and failings, he gave to them the right, the privilege, the honor, and the power to be able to speak those words as in the absolution today. In the name and in the stead of Christ, I forgive you all your sins. And that forgiveness does not belong to us. It belongs to him. Fallible people who carry his authority as he breathed in his disciples. So I ask you, are you forgiven? Do you have peace? And the answer is yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. I have peace, and peace, and peace, and peace, and peace. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.